Thank you, Lord. Well, I have quite an assignment today. For those of you I have not had a chance to personally meet, my name is Erica James. And I've been at Catch the Fire actually for about seven and a half years. And so this word today has literally been brewing in me for over seven years. Like JT said, almost a decade. So we are living in an unprecedented time, meaning that this time has never been upon the earth before. We're living in a time that we get to access the kingdom of heaven like never before. And so about 10 years ago in my world, to give you a little bit of background, I actually was growing completely frustrated with the body of Christ. I was tired of playing church. I was tired of seeing what the scripture promised and seeing broken, busted, insecure, tired, sick Christians. And I get the option or the opportunity and the privilege to work with a lot of Christian business and ministry leaders. And I, and I said, wow, if the, if the leaders are struggling like this, then what are those that they are following experiencing? And so I took my concerns to the Lord. And he began to take me into deep, profound, heavenly visitations. And I began to write. And he would take me into more heavenly visitations and more rooms in the kingdom of heaven. And I would write. And I developed a three and a half inch notebook full of writings from rooms in heaven. But I looked around and I said, but the people aren't ready. So I found myself actually, just to tell the truth, being completely frustrated. So God, why would you release the revelation and not have your people ready? Why would you give me this? Has anybody been there? Why are you giving me this? And the platform's not yet there for me to release it. And the Lord began to tell me that I was a hidden master, and he was raising up hidden masters. And these hidden masters would be in his presence, in his face, in literally into, in the kingdom of heaven, receiving revelation from on high. You all are in here. You know who you are. You've been receiving revelation. He's been taking you inside the scripture. He's been giving you heavenly visitations. And he says, I'm raising up the hidden masters. And at the appointed time, there will be a changing of the guard. And we will see those that have been on the platform begin to step back because I'm bringing up my hidden masters out of hiding to release that which I have poured into them. And so I was like, oh, Lord, this is good news. And you know how in God's timing is different than our timing. I was like, yes, Lord, yes. I said, Lord, when? Anybody ever ask God, when? When, Lord, when? And he said, the changing of the guard will occur when I call my son Billy home. And this changing of the guard will be the changing from the gospel of salvation that he so diligently and faithfully and obediently released into the earth realm, unwitched like has ever been seen before. And he said, but when I call him home, we will transist from the gospel of salvation into the gospel of the kingdom. And I said, Lord, and this was about six years ago, so I'm like, you know, I'm ready. Lord, 
And I'm looking, nothing. I said, okay, Lord, let's just keep getting ready. Let's just keep preparing. Keep bringing your word. Keep bringing me visitations. In that time, he brought me the incredible experience of marriage. I was 44 years old before I got married for the first time. And I was one of those, win, Lord, win. So you have been prayed for, honey. And so about a month ago, a little over a month ago, I said, Lord, I can feel it. I can almost smell it and taste it. We are close. And it was a Monday. It was February 19th. And I said, when, Lord? And he said, any day now. And two days later, our beloved brother in Christ, Billy Graham, was called home. So what we have to understand, you all, when I say we're living in unprecedented times, we're living in unprecedented times. Unlike that which we have seen since Jesus himself walked the earth. So you felt yourself getting ready for what? You felt yourself going in. You felt yourself praying. You felt the disappointment as you look around the body of Christ and say, Lord, why is there such a gap between who you are, who you say we are, and what we're experiencing? And so my assignment today is to close the gap. My assignment today is to usher us in to the gospel of the kingdom. So today I have to warn you, like the Surgeon General warning on on, uh, cigarettes or whatever, I want to warn you. We've been talking about new. Has God been telling you that? A new thing's coming. I'm doing a new thing. But we're not ready for the new. Because when the new comes, we're trying to use past reference or things that already exist to understand the new. And thank God we have scripture that gives us the prophetic glimpse into what the new looks like. And so today you're going to get a Galatians 1, 11, 12 word that says you will not taught by man. I was not taught by man, but by the spirit of revelation. So you're going to hear some things today that I pray you haven't heard before. So I pray that you open up your spiritual ears and your spiritual eyes to receive like never before. Because I hear your prayers. You have been praying for this for such a time as this. Some of you packed up your homes and listened to the Lord telling you to move to Raleigh, North Carolina. And you're like, okay, God, here you are. And you're saying, but what for, God? When, God? It is here and it is now. So the title of my talk today is The Kingdom of Heaven is at Hand. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. So the preaching schedule already went out for March, back at the end of February. I saw it, no problem, I'm on the ministry team. And a few weeks ago, Murray emails me and said, Erica, will you preach? And I said, sure. And he said, will you preach on Sunday, March 25th? Absolutely. So I look at the calendar and was sharing that with my friend Don, and he says, wait a minute, that's Palm Sunday. And I said, my God. And so I asked God, I really did. I was like, Lord, don't let me preach a Palm Sunday message. Like I've been hearing those since I was two years old in the church. And they pinned the little palm and we, you know, we did. I said, please, Lord, don't stick me with a Palm Sunday message. And you know what he did? He stuck me with a Palm Sunday message. 
But this message is a Palm Sunday message, unlike what you've ever heard before. At least I pray it is. So the first thing he told me to do was to look up what a palm means. And I said, Lord, isn't that, you know, the, the week before Easter and the week before we're celebrating the resurrection? He said, we missed it. You all have been celebrating me for Palm Sunday. But that's not at all what Palm Sunday was about. He said, the palm, and he said, and he said look it up. And I looked it up, and palm means to be erect. He said, it is time to stand. It is time to walk in our strength. It is time to walk in our dominion. It is time to walk in our authority. And it is time to stop playing church and allowing darkness in any area of our lives. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. We've been calling it in. We've been preparing you all its time. And so literally, not just figuratively, but literally today, and this promotion's already been happening, but today we've been praying into an acceleration. We've been praying into a promotion in the spiritual realm. We've been praying into the passing of the baton. We've been praying in to a new thing to happen. You've been crying out, win, Lord! And I submit to you that it's today. Not because of me, but because it's what the Lord wants to do. So we've got to understand a few fundamental things. I wanted to get real deep real fast. God's like, back it up and break some things down. So we talk about this word kingdom all the time. It's almost become cliche in the body of Christ. I'm kingdom and kingdom, and we use it interchangeably to mean body of Christ and the kingdom of God and the body of Christ and the kingdom of heaven. But I want to break some things down for us today. Is that okay? I hope you guys have your pen and paper out because we have some work to do. So the kingdom of heaven is the unseen, already done kingdom that exists in the heavenly realm. It is the kingdom that God says, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It is already done. It is already complete. In the heavenly realm, we are already walking in the fullness of our salvation. We are already sons. We are already in oneness. But then there is the kingdom of God. And if you're like me, you were taught they're the same thing. You were taught to use them interchangeably. It's even what the scholars said. So when God brings me this revelation, I'm like, Lord, that's not what the people say. He said, that's the nature of revelation. Okay. So the kingdom of God is the kingdom to come that you and I are responsible to plant upon the earth. Jesus is not going to do it for us. He's delegated it through the Father to us. And so no more waiting, y'all. No more waiting. And so we must also understand what is the gospel of salvation versus the gospel of the kingdom. And I had to look it up in the scripture because God always brings me the revelation. I said, Lord, show me the scripture. And so I want to talk real briefly about what is the gospel of salvation. And so... Hopefully you guys still have your Bibles. You can turn with me to Ephesians 1, 7, 14, 7 through 14. It's a long verse, so I'm going to summarize it for you. But it really breaks down like nowhere else in the word. What exactly is the gospel of salvation? Because if we're going to make this transition today, 
If today is the line in the sand that the old is left behind, if you are to leave here different than you did when you walked through the door, than who you were before you walked through the door, you need to understand. And so let's talk about what the gospel of salvation is. So the gospel of salvation, and I'm just going to summarize this, you all. No, I won't. I'll read it. I'll read it all. We'll go in. So I'm, I'm turning to Ephesians 1, 7 through 14. Woo, thank you, Jesus. You guys ready? Are you guys ready? Are you ready, ready? We're going to do this thing. Okay, Ephesians 1, 7 through 14. And I'll read it. I'll start right about uh, in the middle. Well, no, I'll actually start at 1, 3. Blessed be God, be the God and Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, according as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to praise the glory of his grace, wherein he has made us accepted in the beloved, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace, wherewith in he has abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which has purposed, which he has purposed in himself. That the dispensation of the fullness of time, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and those which are on earth, even in him, in whom we have also obtained an inheritance being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. That we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ. In whom ye also trusted after that you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. In whom also after that you believed. And you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of his glory. So what does all of that mean? It means that the gospel of salvation that we, until February 21st, had been moving into and God had been pouring out and God had been working with us was about understanding our redemption, living by his grace, the forgiveness of sins, the fullness of his wisdom, the prudence, which means to exercise the mind and thought. It means insight. The gathering together of all things in the heavenly realm and in the earth realm to become one. Understanding our inheritance. I'm going to say that again. Understanding 
our inheritance, knowing your purpose in him. The gospel of salvation has to do with trust. It has to do with faith, your belief in God. It has to do with the love of the Father's heart. It's about being filled with the glory, the Holy Spirit, and understanding it is not by our works. So if we, that's deep. So if we understand that that work God has now moved on from, that's deep. Yes, it's still there because it's the foundation. But he's saying, my children, y'all, I've been trying to tell us for years, for decades, for lifetimes. And some of us still are walking in fear and insecurity and doubt and not knowing who we are, not knowing why he purposed us, why he created us. So today it ends. Today we complete the work of the gospel of salvation. And we understand that we have to go through that pattern that Christ molded us after. That we have to come to the end of ourselves. We literally have to die to self. We have to be buried and have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit come forth in us. And for a lot of us, that's where we are. Some of us haven't even come to the end of ourselves. We're still trying to process through the intellect, the, word, the world of spirit. We're still saying, wait a minute, that doesn't make sense to me. And we get a corporate cognitive dissonance and just set it to the side. I read it in the word, but uh, I don't get it. So we just dismiss it. And we just stay in our little pond doing God the way we know how to do God. So today he breaks us loose. Today he begins to move us to experience his liberty, which is his ultimate aim. And through that liberty, through that liberation from all things that have bound us, we get to walk in his freedom. I don't know if you got today, you guys, today, do you understand? And we can live as Christians constantly in the wind, Lord. Okay, Lord, I'm going to do this. You told me to do this. Okay, and then it still feels like it's a dangling carrot out there and you have to do more. So we're praying today that God and the angelic beings, the heavenly host, seal the gap. And wherever you are in that process of walking in your full salvation, in your sozo, that today you get it in your mind, in your spirit, in your soul. And you become one. And you're not disjointed where your spirit gets it over here. Your heart's still back in 1979 dealing with hurt and pain. I'm telling my age. <laughs> but your head is, you know, in the theology of everything. Today it comes into alignment in the name of Jesus. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. It is no longer outside of your reach. That's what that means. It is no longer outside of your reach. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. So that still sounds really cute and all that good stuff, and I can say the words, but I needed to understand. I'm one of those people, I'm like, Lord, mm -mm, you got to break this down. And I said, so Lord, can you describe to me what it's like to live in the reality of kingdom on the earth? Anybody ask that question? Is that just me? Like, I need to know. 
Maybe I'm just nosy or something. I need to know. What does kingdom look like when we're walking in it in the earth realm? Because while you're under the gospel of salvation or on the gospel of salvation, your past, your present, and your future is still becoming one. We're still working all the heart stuff out and the head stuff out. But what does it look like so we don't stay stuck there our entire Christian walk? Because far too many of us are not experiencing the manifested power of the kingdom. And he said something so simple and so profound. He said to me, every day will be your best day. Huh. Every day will be your best day. I said, okay, God, what does that mean? Because I learned long ago to stop imposing what I think and asking his way. And he said, it means that your day will be so amazing and spectacular and incredible. And it went so good. And it was incredible. I mean, it was just like, oh, when people ask you how you're doing, you're like, I'm spectacular. It's just fabulous. And you're just like, this is the best day. This is beyond my imaginings. And he's going to top it the next day. And the next day, you're like, oh, my gosh, I didn't think it could get any better, Lord. Are you serious? More blessings overtake me. Thank you, Jesus. And he's going to top it the next day. And your capacity to receive his love and receive his blessings is going to literally take the walls off and be blown away. And you're going to be like, God, this is just, oh, my, this is so good. I knew you said it. I knew you promised it. I knew it was in the word. But, God, this is so good. I just, oh. And we're just going to cry and joy and thanks. And he's going to top it the next day. I said, Lord, show me how to get there. I'm saying, you know. Like whatever amount of wealth, whatever amount of joy, whatever amount of love, whatever amount of goodness, whatever amount of faith you can conceive that day, he's going to outdo himself the next day. Then your capacity expands and he's going to outdo himself again. And we're going to begin to look like a people who are who we say we are. We're going to begin to look like a people who are doing the will of God fearlessly, who are ruling and reigning in the marketplace, whose ministries are full of the kingdom, and the world will take notice. And they'll begin to ask us and say to us, there's something about you. What is it? And we don't have to walk in and quote scripture and be religious and spiritual and you know, pray before the meeting because you are the prayer. We don't have to walk in every single conversation we have and be like, well, the, that's the Lord saith in Galatians or Ephesians 1, 17, 2, 23. We sit at the right hand and, and we are overpowers and principalities as Christ was. We will be the scripture. So if that's the gospel of salvation and we're really going to have a chance to let the kingdom of heaven and the heavenly host complete that for us today and walk because that is your foundation. If that is your ceiling, that's a problem. That is not where you're striving to be. That's what you stand upon. It's being certain of who you are. If we line up 7 billion people in the world, you know that you know that you know who you are and what you are called to do. And you do it with no hesitation. That, my friends, 
is the gospel of the kingdom of heaven. So we move in to the gospel of the kingdom of heaven. And we know we've been talking about it. Murray's been breaking it down. Duncan's been breaking it down. Everybody from the platform since it really started to be prepared here at Catch the Fire. We've been preparing for years for the movement. But it really, I don't know if you guys sensed it, it broke loose at the end of 2017, the beginning of 2018. And so the ground has been laid. The prayers have been answered. We just need to understand what this looks like and give ourselves permission to walk in the fullness. The word speaks of being overtaken by blessings. What does that look like? I don't know about you, but I intend to find out. <laughs> like so many blessings, it overtakes you. Goodness gracious, thank you, Jesus. And so we know our position, you know it intellectually, today it gets down in your heart. Today it takes good ground, it causes good ground, that which the wicked one or Satan cannot come and, and take what's been sown out of your heart. Today it gets planted, today the cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches does not rob it from you. Today, whatever your life looked like before you walked in here today does not distract you. Today, this word gets planted on good ground, and it produces fruitfulness a hundredfold, sixtyfold, and thirtyfold. Thank you, Jesus. So the gospel of the kingdom, I want to get to one major revelation. So I want to talk about the gospel of the kingdom so we can begin to understand it. And so when you talk about the gospel of the kingdom, the Lord gave me the scripture, Matthew 4.23. And so I will turn there and um, share that with you guys. Because sometimes you hear things, you're like, is that in the word? Lord, because Revelation's awesome, but it's in the word. And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom, healing all manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people. Jesus told the disciples to preach the gospel of the kingdom, and he always follows it up with the manifestation of his power. And so I always ask the Lord to simplify this thing so I can understand it. I said, Lord, what is kingdom? We've been talking about this. I've been using the word, what is kingdom? And he simply said, it was so refreshing. He said, kingdom means to rule. Kingdom means to rule. And so maybe you've come through tradition that tells you that rulership isn't for us. Or maybe you came through a tradition that says, but Erica, that's not humility, that's not meek to rule. And we tear that lie down today in the name of Jesus. Meekness, as the Lord defined it for me, means quiet power. Quiet power. You don't have to walk in a room loud. You carry the quiet power. It does not mean insecurity. It does not mean taking the, the crumbs or the leftovers in your life. It does not mean letting everybody go before you and pouring out everything you have and having nothing for yourself. And we have not understood humility. I thought, I hear Christians all the time like, well, you know, I want it to be humble. Humble does not mean be a doormat for anybody, so just so we're clear. And I begin to pray into humble, and actually the Lord brought the answer through my 
Brother Don Long, and he said, we got to understand humility. Humility is surrendered power. Humility is having the full understanding of your strength and your power and your identity and submitting it to the will of God. The ultimate act of humility was Jesus on the cross. He could have disintegrated everybody in the space. He could have opened the earth and had them suck it. He could have brought his angels. He could have had the earth just suck everybody up. He could have had just people just freeze when they, if they just froze. Whatever he wanted to do. He could have cloaked himself and disappeared. He was good at that. But instead, he surrendered and he submitted his power that he was well aware of. He submitted it to the will of the Father. So are we walking in true humility? Are we walking in true meekness? Because it's important to get that down. So as we move into understanding rulership, we can do it without apology. We can do it without darkness and uncleanness where it becomes arrogance and all of this other stuff. And I'm going to talk about that in a little bit. But it means to walk in power, dominion, and authority. We've been talking about it. But what does it mean? It means literally understanding the fullness of the power of Jesus in you and the power of you in Jesus. It means fully understanding your rulership and the fact that you sit at the right hand of the Father in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So in this time where the Lord began to take me into these heavenly visitations, he changed my prayers. And just like he tells, tells us in Matthew 6, it says, stop asking the Father for your need. He knows what you need. And begin to pray into kingdom. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So I started asking God different questions. I started praying into kingdom. I started saying, Lord, what does it mean to dominate, to be a Christian and dominate? Because that's not what I was taught. What does it mean to be a Christian and be in authority? And so he gave me definitions. I always ask the Lord. So power, the Holy Spirit said, is the full understanding of the delegated power of the Father through Jesus Christ. The full understanding of what he delegated to you. And according to the word, it's everything. Everything in the heavenly realm and everything in the earthly realm, over all powers, all principalities, the entire realm of darkness, he delegated the power to you. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. And then he said we have to understand our dominion. I said, well, Lord, what's dominion? To rule and reign all things from your heavenly position. I was like, you ever get a word from the Lord and you were just like, okay. Because you look around your life and you haven't been living it. You're like, Lord, I'm so sorry. I didn't understand. I didn't know I was supposed to have dominion, Lord. I'm so sorry. I've been letting this sickness live in me. I didn't know I had dominion over it, Lord. I've been letting my finances struggle, Lord. I didn't know I had dominion over it. I've been letting my, my marriage be broken, Lord. I didn't know I had dominion over it. 
I've been letting darkness rule all over my workplace and all over my life because I didn't know I had dominion over it. So today, we're reminded that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And from this day forward, you shall bring into full remembrance your power, your dominion, and I want to park on authority for just a minute. I always ask the Lord, okay, what's the simple way, Lord? How do I teach this? And he showed me that I was an author, that there were things that he brought through me to co-create with me, that I was the writer of that book. And he said, that is where authority comes from. That is what authority is. It is your ability to co-create with God. Do we know who we are? Do we know who we are? So just as Christ was the author and the finisher of faith, he delegated that to you. So what will you co-create with him as you leave this room today? What are those things that he's been telling you to do and we haven't done because we didn't understand who we were? What are those things that he's telling you, daughter, son, create this, bring it forth. Release it like rivers of living water from your bosom. All that you need, I've already given you. So today is about understanding our power, our dominion, and our authority. My brothers and my sisters, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Ever-increasing, never-ending experience of walking and living glory to glory. Glory to glory is at hand. The unending, ever-increasing power, dominion, and authority of the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So the question then becomes... Lord, how do we do this? How do we close the gap? What are we missing in our understanding so that we can really walk this thing out? And I ask God, you guys, I'm just like, I just go in. Like, God, this, I need specifics. I need diagrams. I need it defined. And I need a vision of it. And by the way, will you take me to heaven so I can see it? So you can confirm it? I'm so tired of listening to men and their limitation. Because if we knew it, we'd be living it. With all the sermons and all the conferences and all the books we've written, why aren't we living it? And I mean all the time, all day, every day. We all touch it. We all get to experience it. So because I'm a teacher, I want to give you five steps to manifesting the kingdom of heaven in your life. Are you ready? If I were you, I would write these down. So the first, as we know, every time in the kingdom, in the gospel, when John the Baptist and when Jesus himself spoke of the kingdom of heaven coming, they had a word before it. It said, repent. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And repent is not guilting us out and having us feel bad and, oh, my goodness, I messed up again. And, Lord, forgive me, I repent. That's not what repentance is. True repentance is having a mindset change. 
True repentance is when your mind, your body, and your spirit come in to alignment and you turn from that thing. And your will becomes his will. You're not struggling in it. You're not striving for it. It is one. So we must have that renewed mind so we can go into that transformation. That's step number one, repent. We're actually going to get to do that as a church. When I went down that list of the gospel of salvation, Lord, I was like, my God, there was a day I wasn't walking in it and understanding it. And I still had to repent. Because I'll know I get it when the full fruit shows up. It's not enough to be on the inside. I need, we need it to show up and manifest on the outside. And so I repented. Lord, I, I failed to understand your, your, your wisdom. Forgive me. I didn't understand your prudence, your, your insight. I wasn't exercising my mind. I've just been listening to what he said and she said in the body and believing him and not being in my word, Lord. I haven't understood. I haven't trusted you, Lord. So I want you to say with me on the count of three, God, I trust you. God, I trust you. So one, two, three, God, I trust you. God, I trust you. All of that, you all, is in the gospel of the salvation. And now we move in to the gospel of the kingdom of heaven. And so number two, surrender. Sounds so simple, surrender. But what I mean is you have to surrender everything you think you know. Before the Lord began to take me into these rooms and these visitations, I said, Lord, I surrender everything I think I know. Every sermon I've heard, every word I've, I've read through my intellectual understanding, through my own theology, I surrender it. Show me your way, and I promise I will do my very best to be obedient to it. You've got to come to the end of yourself. And what that ushers in is an encounter. It is a visitation from heaven itself, sometimes the Lord himself. And you all, this thing becomes real when you get an encounter. You're not struggling to understand it anymore. So you've got to die to self. You've got to come to the end of yourself and be big enough to admit that you're there. Because we don't know. If we knew, we'd have done it. And number three, I have to break this down. I need a couple more minutes. I'm going to get through this. Number three is you must have a purified heart. You must have a purified heart. Now, we talk about forgiveness, but I want to go in a little bit deeper in that. In one of these heavenly visitations, and I'm going to summarize a six-year process that it took me to receive the fullness of this revelation into about one minute for you guys. But in this heavenly visitation, God took me into what I now understand as the second heaven. And I saw a room as far as my eyes could see. And on this room were all these reader boards. They weren't as big as this screen, but there were these reader boards all down the walls as far as I could see. I said, Lord, what is this? And he began to, show, to tell me that the reader boards represented the hearts of his children. And I looked at the base of the reader boards, and there were what I initially thought were people gathered around. And all of a sudden, the reader boards would flip and then Boom, something would come up on it, and all of a sudden, what I came to understand is angels were dispatched. I said, Lord, what is this? And he said that whatever is written on the hearts of my children becomes the instruction to the angels. 
Whatever is written on the hearts of my children becomes the instructions to the angels. And I was so excited to get this word because it began to break down a revelation to me that I wasn't understanding why are we seeing so much darkness inside the body of Christ? How could that be? And then he began to show me that on these scripture, on these walls of our hearts, these tablets as we were seeing, that everything wasn't of light. We had some fear and we had some hurt and we had some past wounds. And without our even understanding it, we were given legal right to dispatch angels of darkness. Do we know how powerful we are? So I say a purified heart, not because we need to be clear from our past, but because heaven reads your heart every single night when you go to bed. Breathe. This is the new stuff, y'all. I'm going to repeat that. Heaven reads your heart every night when you go to bed. And by the time we wake up in the morning, our day has already been orchestrated based on what we've ordered. So just like we go to a restaurant and the waitress comes or the waiter comes and says, what would you like? And we place our order. They go back into the kitchen. They prepare it for us and they bring it back to us. It is the same thing that happens in the heavenly realm. So if I have nothing but love and the fruit of the spirit on my heart, I'm going to have a good day. But I don't know about you. I had some brokenness. I had some insecurity. I had some inadequacy. I had some fear. And without even knowing it, I was ordering that stuff every single day and God already created it that it be released to us every day so here's the good news if we understood the power of that revelation we could change the world overnight if we all came into alignment and so I said okay Lord they are going to lock me up and, and put me in an insane asylum if, you, if I ever have to release this word. I have never heard it. I've never seen it on TV. I've never seen it on a cassette tape or a DVD or MP3. Help me, Lord. you got to give me the scripture. And he did. Habakkuk 2, 2 through 3, you know it well. I read it to you today with new ears and new eyes. And the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain upon tables so they may run who readeth it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it, because it will surely come and not tarry. And the Lord began to break down that those tables or tablets were the tables of our heart. Not the tables like I was told to write it in a tablet, write your goals. Fabulous, please do that. It's not what Jesus meant when he had the scripture written. The NIV actually says, so the heralds may run that readeth it. The herald angels. What vision or instruction is written on your heart? Because it is literally shifting heaven on a daily basis. What if we could understand how we work this thing for light? Get off of the defensive in our lives and begin to move on the offensive. 
And if you guys are like me, I, I, God tells me this stuff, I'm like, that. oh, my gosh, Lord, that just, I, I don't understand. I've never heard that. I'm really dramatic. Lord, I don't, I just don't understand. They're not going to let me ever teach this. Why are you bringing it to me? And he began to remind me that there's four types of ground in the heart. We have the wayside heart. That when a word of kingdom, you guys, this is in Matthew 13, 18 to 22, when a word of the kingdom is delivered, then it, I'm actually going to read this. I want you guys to see this. Can you guys put Matthew 13, 18 through 22 up for me, please? Matthew 13, 18 through 22. You guys got to get this because if you're like me, I'm like, how in the world can my heart, if it's in the second heaven, and that's a whole other lesson, light and dark is still in the second heaven, how can that have access to my heart? That really disturbed me. And the Lord took me to the scripture. And he took me to Matthew 13, 18. He said, hear ye therefore the parable of the sower. When anyone heareth the word of the kingdom and understand it not, then come the wicked one and catcheth away that which was sown in his heart. The wicked one has access to our heart if there is darkness on it, if there are wounds in it, if there's inadequacy and fear and anger and evil and disappointment. We don't even know it, but we just gave legal rights. Satan does not have the power to attack you. He only has the legal right where we have given it to him in our hearts. When we begin to move and walk and breathe in the gospel of the kingdom of heaven, he will be at our feet forever. He will not be able to touch us. He will not be able to cause sickness and disease. And I mean right here and right now. This is not a wait until you, your spirit passes from your body world, word. So there's the stony heart that that word of the kingdom is delivered. And it gets snatched up because it's not solid. There's stoniness in there. They hear it with joy, and we receive it, and we're excited. Yet it didn't take root, and it lasts for a while. But when the tribulations or the persecutions of the world arise, we get offended. We always know our heart is not purified because when your heart is purified, you become unoffendable. Doesn't matter what people say. Doesn't matter what they do. You're not looking for approval from people. You're only looking to complete what God is telling you to do. So the third one, you guys, we must have a purified heart. We must begin to understand the revelation of the heart, that what is written on our heart becomes the instruction to the angels. Number four, we must be delivered from evil. And the word tells us that evil comes from inside a man's heart. I'm not talking about the evil in the world. That's what we're supposed to take dominion over. I'm talking about what's in here, the darkness. we got to be delivered from it because it gets into our soul. That spirit of fear gets in. That inadequacy, that spirit of whoredoms gets in and causes self-esteem issues and inadequacy. The problem with deliverance is we haven't understood the heart. Do not ever cast something out until you first close the doors of the heart so when it gets out, it stays out. So we've been doing deliverance without the revelation of the heart, and we've been doing forgiveness without the deliverance, and we're a hot mess. And number five, we have to understand your authority. You have to understand that you walk 
in the liberty because where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And you walk in the freedom. And that you have been given full power to write your life like a book. You've been given full power to co-create your life. You have superhuman abilities, and I'm not kidding you. Christians, we have superhuman abilities. I truly believe that whatever someone can do without Jesus, we should dwarf it with them. Because we have the supernatural to add to the natural, and through Christ it is purified. So we can rule and reign without the darkness of arrogance. We can have kingdom wealth without the darkness of materialism. We can love without the darkness of insecurity. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. So I pray you all that you didn't just hear this word, that you receive it. And that it is rooted deeply in your heart. And that you begin to live from a place of rulership. And the fact that you reign. And the fact that you are called to inherit right here and right now the kingdom. Here's the thing we have to understand. His love is unconditional. But access to the mysteries and the secrets are not. He speaks of the things that we must not be carrying in order to inherit the kingdom of God. Because it has to be pure. So he can let you in more and more to the light. Let you in more and more. And when we're contending with the stuff from our past, we cannot be present. And we have a hard time looking into the future. And so as I conclude today, I just want you to hear that word that the Lord cried out, that John the Baptist cried out, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So stand with me. And remember, repenting isn't beating yourself up. We have done the best we've known how to do. Repenting is not feeling guilty and woe is me. We've done the best we know how to do. But today, you guys, let's begin to do God's best and not our best. So I just want you to close your eyes and to just think about the areas of the gospel of salvation that you were still working on until today. Think about those things that you might be still carrying from the old. Tune into your heart what's there that is not of the Holy Spirit. And we want to verbally, outwardly repent today. Because revival inside of us has to happen so it can come out in the church and we can walk in the transformation. And so all together, I'm not going to do the altar call. I actually want the ministry team to be ministered to right now. So just receive. I want you to close your eyes. This isn't about the person next to you. I want you to tune into your heart and speak out those areas that we haven't walked in rulership. Lord, I repent for to speak it out. Lord, I repent for living beneath who you called me to be. If there's anything in you that's not walking in the fullness of sonship, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. And if it comes out in a holler, let it come. If it comes out in a tear, let it come. 
And we just ask the heavenly host to be released like never before and to move among us and to close the gap between the gospel of salvation and promote us and usher us into the fullness of the gospel of the kingdom of heaven. Lord, we repent. Lord, we just invite your transformation to come. We repent. Angels, just move among the people and finish the work. No more struggle. No more striving. No more insecurity. No more doubt. Lord, we repent. No more fear. No more judgment and haughtiness. My God, no more judgment and haughtiness. Lord, we repent. Lord, here in America, we repent for our arrogance, thinking we know you, we've heard it all, and not giving you the space to do a new thing. Lord, we repent. We repent. Repent. And it means, you all, I am transformed. That you walk in the full transformation, we repent. Thank you, Lord, for the transformation. Thank you, Lord. And for those of you who, who have not had relationship with the Lord, you haven't known who you are. You've still been reading the word or trying to read the word, and it hasn't been sinking in, and you don't get it, and, and you just want to recommit to the salvation and receive Jesus Christ today as your Lord and Savior. You can do it right where you stand. Lord, we repent any place we have allowed ourselves to play small and not walked in the fullness of who we are. We repent. You all breathe it out. This stuff is real. It gets to your heart. It gets in your body. Let it go. This is not just a head job. Breathe it out. Let it go. Let it go. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Lord, any place we've been stuck in our past, we let it go and walk into the full transformation of who you have called us to be. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Lord, do it. Holy Spirit, come. Well up in us and complete the work of the gospel of salvation right here and right now. <sighs> receive it, just you all receive it, it's right there, it's at hand. I receive it, Lord, receive it, Lord, yes, Lord, yes. And from this day forward, we rule, we reign, we dominate, we move in our full power and our full authority to co-create. There should be no darkness in the earth because of us. So Lord, we repent that we've allowed it in our systems, in our schools, in our churches, in our families. Lord, we repent. Lord, we repent that we've been disturbed by it but not doing anything about it. We repent. Thank you, Lord.
And so if you feel like you need to connect where two or three are gathered and you need to come up, the ministry team, you can come up now and just call in. No more Holy Spirit come. Holy Spirit's here. I want you to command the power of the kingdom of heaven to come and invade every aspect of our lives. And so you all, the greatest next step is action because we must, must add faith, which is belief, 100% certainty to our works. And so I want to challenge us. Not that the coming forward is, is the action, is the declaration, but visit a, a, one of the tables and come out of your comfort zone. Begin to exercise your dominion in the church in the different ways we will have out there today that you can serve. No more today should we be at Catch the Fire and not feel connected because there's ministries ready for your gifts, ready for your talents, and ready for who you are. So we thank you, Lord, because the kingdom of heaven is at hand.